We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 669 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. But in the language of a Commander's normal game week, this is more like Friday because the Commanders play this Thursday night. This is two days before the team's next game. Usually, of course, the games are on Sundays, so two days before the game is Friday, but this week's game is on Thursday night, so two days before the game is Tuesday, which is today, just two days after the team's last game, which was on Sunday. Confused? You're not alone. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday, or is it Friday, installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I don't know. I'm all confused. You know, the commanders on Monday afternoon actually put out an injury report, even though they on Monday did not practice. Uh, The injury report was an estimation of who would have done what. Uh, Two Commanders players were listed as not practicing. Receiver Curtis Samuel due to a quad and corner Christian Holmes due to his back. Uh, Two Commanders players were listed as limited. Receiver Jahan Dodson due to an ankle and running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. due to illness. Uh, Rodriguez was inactive for the Commanders last game, the 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon due to the illness. And then two Commanders players were on the injury report, but listed as full participants in this fictitious practice. Uh, Corner Benjamin St. Juice neck and defensive back Quan Martin Thumb. As for that overtime loss at the Eagles, Commanders head coach Rod Rivera, he on Monday afternoon did his day after the game press conference coming up. We'll get into the best of what Ron had to say. Next segment, a focus on the commander's defense. It has not been great over the last three games, especially the last two games. Ron addressed what's going on and talked at length about corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr., who in that overtime loss at the Eagles had one of the tougher games that we've seen a Washington corner have in recent years. Also, Ron talked about the commander's opponent on Thursday night, the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field Thursday night at 8.15. And then after that, I'll get into a variety of other topics that Ron discussed on Monday afternoon, including the oh-so-good bounce-back performance of quarterback Sam Howell, the decision to not go for two, and uh, the not-so-good overtime punt by punter Tressway. Look, it still stings that the Commanders did not win at the Eagles, but at least the Manders are not <laughs> the New York Giants. How about them? A 24-3 home loss to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. The Giants in this 2023 NFL regular season are 1-3 and three with an NFL worst point differential of minus 76. Their QB1, Daniel Jones, not doing so well. Uh, there was a scene on Monday night of head coach Brian Dable trying to talk to Jones while Jones was seated on the bench. And then Dable tossed a tablet and shook his head. The Dable-Jones relationship does not seem great right now. Fun times uh, for the G-men and fun times if you are 
and Orioles fan of the 2023 MLB playoffs get going on Tuesday with four wildcard series game ones. The American League East champion O's, who are the one seed in the American League, have a bye into the divisional series round. And so coming up later in the show, I'll talk with Eric Arditi of Barstool Sports, co-host of the Exit 52 podcast. He's a massive O's fan, knows the team really well, and uh, we will cover a number of items with the O's as they get set for their postseason run. Uh, before we get to some feedback, news on both the Nationals and Wizards on Monday afternoon. Uh, for the Nats, yet another front office change. John Watson will not return as the Nats Director of Player Development. Uh, that according to Nats insider Andrew Golden of the Washington Post. What is happening with the Nats front office is so odd. The head of the front office, President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Mike Rizzo, just got a contract extension, and yet a number of key people beneath him, a number of Mike's guys, are being ousted. Uh, we on September 2nd learned that the Nats longtime international scouting director, Johnny DePuglia, had resigned. Uh, we on September 6th had multiple reports of the Nats having made significant cuts to their scouting department. And then Washington Post columnist Barry's Verluga on September 8th reported that the Nats were moving their assistant general manager and vice president of scouting operations, Chris Klein, into a new role of special assistant to Mike Rizzo. Uh, now John Watson is out. All of these changes would seem to be happening at the behest of ownership, the learners who seemingly have told Mike Rizzo, we're keeping you but you got to make some changes. And if all of that is true, <laughs> that to me begs the question, well, then why are you keeping Mike Rizzo? Uh, very odd. And then with the Wizards, uh, they have picked up the fourth year option in the contract of head coach Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, that according to Wizards insider Abel Wallace of the Washington Post. So Wes is under contract through the 2024-2025 season. Uh, it is on this Tuesday, October 3rd, that the Wizards are beginning training camp at the MedStar Health Performance Center in Washington, D.C. Pretty clearly, the uh, Wizards' new front office regime did not want Wes going into this upcoming season as a lame duck head coach. going to be interesting to see how long Wes lasts for as the uh, new regime is beginning its rebuild of the Wizards, but the idea would seem to be for him to last beyond this season. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Danny Irishman on Sam Howell and the commander's overtime loss at the Eagles, writes Danny. The kid looked good, and it mattered to the team that it lost. That alone is light years better than what we've seen for a long time. Uh, thank you for the tweet, Danny. Do you know what this game made me think of? The Redskins' 27-17 loss to the Seattle Seahawks at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football nearly nine years to the day. That game happened on October 6th. 2014. Do you remember that game? Uh, the Seahawks, like the Eagles on Sunday afternoon, were the defending NFC champions. Heck, the Seahawks that season were the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, there were some skins who, after that loss to the Seahawks, were celebrating a little too much in terms of the skins having been relatively competitive in a loss. Uh, the celebrating did come off like loser talk. And all of the talk after the overtime loss at the Eagles on Sunday afternoon of there being no moral victories made me think of how that loss to the Seahawks in 2014 was framed by some as a moral victory. But here's another parallel. That loss to the Seahawks was the Skins game that followed the four interception game by Skins quarterback Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk in a 45-14 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field on Thursday night football on September 25th. 2014 through four interceptions. But he did bounce back uh, with a solid performance in that loss to the Seahawks. Well, uh, Sam Howell in the overtime loss at the Eagles on Sunday afternoon, of course, bounced back uh, off his four interception, nine sack taking performance in the previous game, the 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field in week three. Interesting parallels. Uh, email from Stanley Evans on the Commander's overtime loss at the Eagles, right, Stanley, that's about as tough of a loss as I have experienced as a fan. It was hard to feel good on Monday morning, especially with 
Terry's foot <laughs> having actually been in. I wanted that win so bad, especially after seeing A.J. Brown's smug look <laughs> on the sideline. But Sam is looking more and more like a franchise guy who will continue to get better. And I can definitely see the playoffs this year as a possibility. But boy, does JDR have some splaining to do about this defense. It is looking a little overrated. Uh, thank you for the email, Stanley. You know, there were two things that Commander's Defensive Coordinator Jack Del Rio emphasized going into this season. Number one, a fast start to the season. Number two, generating more takeaways. Washington's defense in each of its first three seasons with Jack as defensive coordinator got off to a slow start. The Commanders in their 2016 win over the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field at week one were outstanding defensively. So it seemed as if maybe possibly there would be no slow start for the Washington defense this season. But the defense in each of the three games since that win over the Cardinals has been lacking to various extents. Uh, As I talked about with Commander's Analyst Mark Bullock on last Wednesday's show, episode 665, a lot of defense in today's NFL is dependent on the opposing quarterback. In other words, defense often is only as good as the inverse of the quarterback the defense is facing. A defense often is simply at the mercy of the opposing quarterback. The commanders in each of their last two games have faced a very good quarterback uh, in Josh Allen in the loss to the Bills in week three and Jalen Hurts in this overtime loss at the Eagles in week four. But the commanders having allowed at least 33 points in each of the team's last three games is not what this team's defense is supposed to be. And now we do have a Jack Del Rio-coordinated Washington defense off to a slow start for a fourth time in four seasons. Now, in fairness to our guy, JDR, if the pattern holds, the defense will get better as this season goes on because that too is what has happened in each of Washington's last three seasons. But yeah, the slow start, something that Jack was trying so hard to avoid, uh, he has not avoided. Well, we hope that you always avoid being harmed by the negligence of someone else. But if that is not the case, know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace is there for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. Paulson and Nace will fight for you and your family in a way that no other law firm will. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace are Dedicated trial attorneys who do not balk in the face of large insurance companies or well-known businesses that have had practices or products that are directly related to the root of your harm. Uh, Chris Nace in May was named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year. Uh, This by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Chris in July was elected as the parliamentarian of the American Association for Justice. And both Chris and Matt Nace in August were recognized by Best Lawyers in America for 2024. Why? Well, Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial and That's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace.
Well, please consider following this podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of this podcast. Uh, We, on Monday afternoon, had the day after the game press conference of Commanders head coach Rod Rivera off the team falling to a 2-2 two and two in the 2023 regular season with the 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon. What to make of the Commanders' defense right now? The Commanders have allowed at least 33 points in each of the team's last three games. And even if you take out quarterback Sam Howell's pick six in the 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field at week three, you're still looking at 30 points allowed by the Commanders in that game. The Commanders over four games this regular season are allowing opposing teams to average 5.6 yards per play. Uh, That is a high yards per play allowed. This is not what we were expecting from this Commanders defense this season. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on what be happening with the Commanders defense right now? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we most certainly working on is, is trying to eliminate some of the explosives we've allowed that's been unfortunate and untimely um, and then continue to work and, and continue to create takeaways. You know, we, we've had opportunities. We just haven't uh, we haven't gone through with it and, and we've got to get takeaways. It, it's a big part of, uh, you know, what can help us win football games. Yes, it is. What makes really any struggles of the commander's defense especially hard to take is how much our team has invested in the defense. Uh, Washington has spent a first round pick on a defensive player in six of the last seven NFL drafts. If you go by the data on OverTheCap.com, three of the top four and four of the top six salary cap hits on the commanders this season are four defensive players. Uh, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on if the commanders need more from their defense, given how much the team has invested in the defense. I think there's a lot put on those guys just because of, of, of being draft picks, like you said. And I think the expectations are high and their expectations for themselves are very high. And it's a group of guys that take a lot of pride. They work hard at what they do. And, uh, you know, their goal is to always play good. So, you know, they'll continue to work and continue to do the things that they need to do to help us win. And that's what they should do. Uh, There, of course, is particular onus on the commander's defensive line, uh, given that the starting defensive line consists of four first-round picks and edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young and interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Now, it's not like the commander's defensive line in the overtime loss at the Eagles was a disaster. Uh, The commanders did hold the Eagles to just 4-12 on third downs. Uh, The commanders did finish with three sacks and eight quarterback hits. And the commanders did stop the run. The commanders held Eagles running backs DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell to combined 18 carries for just 70 yards. Uh, That works out to a yards per carry of just 3.89. Here was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on the performance of the commander's defensive line in the overtime loss at the Eagles. Well, I think they were pretty solid. I think there were some really good things that they did as far as, you know, um, it took them five quarters to rush for 100 yards in the last few weeks they've, they've been they've been pretty good rushing the football um, we got their quarterback we had him on the run unfortunately he's, he escaped a couple of times and uh, I think the, probably the biggest thing that you can point to is that you know we, we gave up some explosives at then and, and and that's probably the one thing that we've got to control better at. Yeah, the biggest problem for the commander's defense in the overtime loss at the Eagles was the Eagles quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts. He went 25 of 37 for 319 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions and had nine carries for 34 yards, although 24 of those yards came on one run. But this was a substantial run, a fourth quarter, first and 10, 24 yard pistol play action scramble. But someone who got victimized by Hurts, someone who got hurt by Hertz, uh, time and again on Sunday afternoon, was Commander's rookie corner, Emmanuel Forbes Jr. Uh, the man who the Commanders took with the number 16 overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft at a Mississippi State clearly <laughs> got picked on, and the results were brutal. Forbes in this game, for pro football focus, was targeted 13 times and gave up nine catches for a hundred. 97 yards. Let me repeat that. Forbes in this game for Pro Football Focus was targeted 13 times and gave up nine receptions 
for 197 yards. Eagles receiver A.J. Brown finished with nine receptions for 175 yards and two touchdowns on 13 targets. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on how he goes about correcting some of the issues with Emmanuel Forbes. Well, for the most part with the young guys, it's about learning, growing, developing, um, continuing to get reps every opportunity you can uh, and, and, and play them as much as you can until they learn. They're going to make mistakes, but they're going to grow. You know, a week ago, Sam had some issues, and I thought he did a nice job coming out this week, and I expect Emmanuel to learn from what, uh, what just happened. As we have talked about, Ron Rivera has not been shy about saying that Emmanuel Forbes needs to be better. Uh, Ron, in his post-practice press conference last Wednesday afternoon, said that Forbes needed to, quote, continue to work on his technique and really be even better with it, end quote. Uh, Ron, in his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon, unprompted, brought up Emmanuel Forbes struggling in the game and said, quote, he needs to understand how important it is to do his job the way it's being coached, end quote. Uh, it feels like there may be more with this Emmanuel Forbes situation than we know, because usually when Ron starts doing this, okay, when he starts publicly calling guys out, there's usually a reason for that. You know, we have come to learn the language of Ron Rivera, Ronnie's. We have come to learn what certain things mean. And in the past, Ron doing this has been a sign of things happening behind the scenes. Here was Ron on Monday afternoon on his process with Emmanuel Forbes. Well, what we're going to do is, and I've already talked with Emmanuel. Um, I talked to him right after the game. I wanted to make sure he was okay. His head was in a good spot. Um, but what will happen is, you know, his position coaches, uh, coordinator, Jack will get together with him. They'll go through some things. They'll talk about the positives. They'll talk about the negatives. Uh, it'll get an opportunity for him to lo- look at things and, and see the things that he needs to work on and correct. I mean, it's just a process of, of learning and growth. I mean, he is a young player. He's a rookie that we've put a lot on. Uh, we think he's capable. Well, as we know, corners in the modern NFL get beat a lot. Uh, The NFL has become a passing league. Throwing the football really has never been easier. Corners now give stuff up like never before. Even good corners give stuff up. A guy who understands this is the guy to me who has been the commander's best corner so far this season, Kendall Fuller, who, as you may remember, had plenty of struggles in his rookie season. 2016, uh, off the Redskins taking him in the third round of the 2016 NFL Draft out of Virginia Tech. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on how a guy like Kendall Fuller can help Emmanuel Forbes. Well, you know, it's one of those things where where afterwards you could see the veteran guys going over, putting their arm around the kid and just tell them, hey, you're going to have good days. You're going to have tough days. You know, you just got to learn and grow from them. Just pretty much what we've been saying about about this um, but he is a young man who's who's got some ability, and and he's gonna he's gonna take his lumps. Um, and as he gets a little more experience, he'll he'll understand just how important it is to be on your game every week. And this week, the Commanders have a game on Thursday night: uh, the two and two Commanders versus the zero and four Chicago Bears at FedEx Field Thursday night at eight fifteen. The Bears, I said. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> Thank you. The Bears. Uh, the Bears are coming off a wild game, man. A 31-28 home loss to the Denver Broncos this past Sunday afternoon in a game in which the Bears blew a 28-7 third quarter lead. All kinds of stuff has been swirling with the Bears, including their starting quarterback, Justin Fields during a press conference on September 20th, having suggested that, quote, coaching, end quote, was a potential reason for his, quote, robotic, end quote, play and him not, quote, playing like myself, end quote. Uh, The Bears head coach is Matt Eberflus, who has primarily a defensive background. His previous job was Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on the Bears. This is a, a team that's going to come in, and, and they're hungry to win. They're own four. They know it, but they have a very talented young quarterback who's, who's dynamic and explosive, and last year he gave us hell. Uh, we can't allow that to happen. We've got to be, we've got to be disciplined. We've got to play our game. 
Um, this is again a young team that that's growing and developing. Um, you know, they they were were, were a couple of years back, and 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 again, I, I like who their quarterback is. I really do. I think Justin's a heck of a man, a young man. He's he's got a good he's got a good receiver and 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 a and a, and a guy that um, you know I I think uh, is, is is an explosive player for them. Um, but again, it, it's it's one of those games that you can't fall asleep on a young team like that because you know they don't know they don't know the difference. They they go out every week. They want to win every week. They're going to play and be very competitive. And I think Coach Eberflus is going to bring these guys in uh, ready to roll. Well, Justin Fields overall is not having a good season, but he in that loss to the Broncos on Sunday afternoon had a big game, 28-35 for 335 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Did take four sacks, had four carries for 25 yards. Uh, Boy, (laughs) is the Broncos defense bad that it got worked by Justin Fields, who again, overall is not having it a good season. Uh, But Fields, of course, can't run. Justin Fields for the 2022 regular season was seventh in the NFL in rushing yards, 1,143. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on if the commander's defense having just faced mobile quarterbacks in the Bills, Josh Allen and the Eagles, Jalen Hurts might help the defense in facing Justin Fields. Um, I think it helps them. Uh, just understanding that a, a quarterback that can can be dynamic, that can hold on to the ball and extend the plays, can make some plays downfield, which he did against us. Uh, he had a couple of big explosives uh, in terms of throwing it downfield after scrambling around, and then he had a couple of explosives last uh, last time we played him when he ran the ball. So we have to be disciplined up front. We've got to be able to uh, you know to to keep him contained, keep him in the pocket, um, and and not allow him to get outside of it where he is very very dangerous. Yes, he is. Uh, second consecutive regular season in which the Commanders are facing the Bears on Thursday Night Football in October. Uh, October 13th, 2022, the Commanders improved to 2-4 and four with a 12-7 <laughs> win at the Bears on Thursday Night Football. The Commanders in that game allowed Justin Fields to have 12 carries for 88 yards. Well, if only we could evade the rising costs of home and auto insurance like Justin Fields can evade would-be tacklers. Uh, hopefully, you are happy with what you're paying for home and auto insurance. But if you're not, you're not alone. We right now are routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. Do yourself a favor Get with BMC Insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance, it offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. Uh, BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. Uh, And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now from Commander's head coach Rod Rivera's a day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon of the Commander's 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon, dropping the Commander's to a 2-2 two and two 
in the 2023 NFL regular season. The biggest bright spot for the commanders in the game by far was quarterback Sam Howell. On Monday's show, episode 668 went in-depth on the performance of Sam. Uh, What was a great bounce-back performance off a brutal performance in the team's previous game? The 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field in Week 3. The advanced stats on Sam's performance at the Eagles are in. Uh, Sam, for the game, had a total QBR per ESPN of 76.4. That was as of Monday afternoon, and I say that because the uh, QBR calculations can change with other NFL games. But QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. Sam for the game was the second highest graded commander's offensive player per pro football focus with an overall grade of 74. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on where he saw the biggest leap from Sam Howell in the overtime loss at the Eagles as compared to that loss to the Bills. I think he processed a lot quicker. His decision making was quicker. Um, he 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 really seemed to, to to really have a good feel and good grasp as to what was going on out there. Um, made some really quick decisions. Got the ball out of his hands. Kept them off balance as much as uh, as much as anything. So you know, just again, a lot of good growth, and I think his consistency uh, really showed. Yes, it did. Uh, here was Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on if he was surprised by how well Sam Howell played in the overtime loss at the Eagles. I, I was expecting Sam to play well. I was. It just he, He's a very resilient, very tough-minded young man, and, and he bounces back very well at a lot of things. And, you know, with him, you're going to have some really good positive plus moments. Um, there's going to be some tough moments. You know, there really are. But um, there's going to be some really good moments as well. Uh, yesterday was a sampling of, 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 you know, a pretty good moment. Um, you know, and, and I think again, he's going to continue to grow and he'll, he'll get better and better. I believe he will. I just, you know, that's, I've, I've always been confident in him. Um, and, and, uh, just been very optimistic about his potential. What matters a ton with Sam Howell, of course, is that he starts stacking one good game on top of another. I mean, you look at his last three games now, he was very good in the 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos in week two. Although, as I remarked last segment, the Broncos defense is so bad, it is hard to know truly what to make of the commander's offensive performance in that game. But the commander's offense did do well. So like, you can't say that that didn't happen. That did happen. It just happened against a team that at least so far has been like wretched (laughs) defensively. Uh, But Sam Ben was very bad in the loss to the Bills in week three and then was very good in the overtime loss at the Eagles in week four. How about a second consecutive very good game via what he does in this upcoming game? The game against the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field this Thursday night at 8.15. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on what he wants to see from Sam Howell in the coming weeks. I think the biggest thing is just consistency in play. You know, using your techniques, using the things that uh, you're being coached, go out there and do those things that uh, you're capable of. Well, something that Sam Howell said during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon was something that Rod Rivera said during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon. There are no moral victories in the NFL. As close as the commander's three-point overtime loss at the now 4-0 and Eagles was, uh, this was not a moral victory. Don't say that this was a moral victory. Uh, here was Ron on Monday afternoon with more on this belief that there are no moral victories in the NFL. Well, you know, it, it it's kind of tough because, you know, we went in expecting to, to win. I mean, every game is a must win. Every game you got to go in with the attitude that you're going to you're going to win and and that's how we felt. I think it's been kind of tough because, you know, people come up and say, "Man, I'm real proud of the way you played." Well, hell, we didn't win. And I think that's the bottom line. I think that's how the guys really feel because they played they played hard, they played their hearts out. Um they wanted to win. Uh, and I think in, in every case, I believe they, they, they expected to win. They really did. And, and not getting the W is, is, is a hard pill to swallow. That, that, that's really what, what the sense is and, and what the meaning is that there was no moral victory. Yeah, and from the perspective of the commanders, I totally get that sentiment. I've just gotten a kick out of like how much we have heard about there being no moral victories. Like this keeps being said over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, From the perspective of us as fans and members of the media, it is okay to highlight uh, the positives from a loss like this overtime loss at the Eagles, especially when the biggest positive is something 
that could be massive for the bigger picture. Sam Howell playing like a franchise quarterback. And note I said playing like a franchise quarterback, not is a franchise quarterback. Big difference. Uh, I thought that this was notable from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. Him on the state of the Commanders. Four games into the team's 17-game regular season. Pay attention to what Ron says regarding Sam Howell. Well, I think our football team's doing some good things. I think we're growing, developing. Um, you know, I think uh, part of it will be as as Sam goes. I think we, we'll we'll play accordingly. I also think it's our young guys, the guys that we're playing, a lot of young guys, uh, as they step up, learn, and develop, it'll help us as well. So I think we're in a good spot. Uh, you know, it's still early in the season, and uh, we got an interesting game coming up on Thursday. Yes, you do. But how about that from Ron Rivera? Quote, as Sam goes, we'll play accordingly, end quote. Uh, that is true, but uh, Ron saying that did stand out. Uh, a few other items from Ron on Monday afternoon. He did give us some more on the decision to not go for two. Uh, Sam Howell connected on the oh-so-clutch second and goal, 10-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Jahan Dodson with no time left in the fourth quarter to cut the commander's deficit to 31-30. Uh, but Ron Rivera had kicker Joey Sly attempt the extra point, which he made uh, as opposed to going for two and the win. As I said on Monday's show, generally speaking, the idea for a team in the commander's predicament is to go for two. Why? Because the commanders were the lesser team. The Eagles are better than the commanders are. There's no disputing that. Now, that doesn't mean that the Commanders can't beat the Eagles, but there is no objective measure by which the Commanders right now are better than the Eagles. And so when you are the lesser team, the idea is to shorten the game, not lengthen the game, because the longer that the game goes, the more likely it is that the more talented team will win, right? The more likely it is that the cream will rise to the top. Additionally, advancing two yards for a game-winning two-point conversion is a lot easier than winning out in overtime, considering all that goes into winning out in overtime, and especially in a game in which the commander's defense had major problems. Now, as you may recall, Ron Rivera during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon said that a reason for not going for two was that the commanders were fatigued. Uh, It's hard to say whether that's legit or whether that was what I like to call Ronnie's, the language of Ron Rivera, something that, at least in his mind, sounds good or acceptable in the moment, but is it necessarily the case? Uh, I mean, if the offense was fatigued, then wouldn't that make going for two the lesser of two evils? Because one more play is more doable for a fatigued team than an overtime period is, right? Uh, Look, not going for two isn't some indefensible thing. Some of the criticism of Ron for not going for two has been way over the top. Uh, But his explanation during the postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon for not going for two uh, was not the greatest. Uh, Anyway, this was Ron on Monday afternoon providing some insight into the process by which he decided to go for the extra point and the tie as opposed to going for the two-point conversion and the win. I, I talked to I, I I talk to a lot of people when it's time to make a decision. First of all, I go through the, through it in my head. I have a checklist that I, I go through on on Sunday mornings that I review. Um, I go through some things with Eric that we talk about. Uh, and when we got to that situation, I asked everybody's opinion. I listened to what was said. It was a collaborative effort. Um, you know, and and thing that's crazy about it, we won the toss and we had a chance to win. Um, so that's all you can ask is that you have an opportunity. We had an opportunity. You know, we had a great play on the sideline, and 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 again, I'm I'm I was just kind of disappointed that, you know, that before before it even went to replay, that it was determined that he was out of bounds, and 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 for me, it's you know, it's a tough one right there because it was a, it was a hell of a throw and a great catch. Yeah, that was a better addressing of not going for two than what Ron Rivera said during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon. And by the way, Ron, toward the end of that cut, talking about the catch by receiver Terry McLaurin that wasn't a catch, but actually was a catch. You know, Sam Howell's stats from the overtime loss at the Eagles could have been even better. So we had what I was just talking about. The Commanders' 10th offensive drive, their lone offensive drive in overtime resulted in a three and out. The third snap of the drive, third and five for the Commanders at their 30. Sam threw an outstanding shotgun pass 
down the field to Terry McLaurin near the left sideline. Terry made the catch and absolutely got his right foot inbounds. The left foot landed on the left arm of safety, Reed Blankenship, with the arm inbounds. The question was whether any part of Terry's left foot hit the field. The initial ruling of an incompletion was upheld by a replay review, but a freeze frame of the play sure seems to show that part of Terry's left foot hit the grass inbounds. And then also, don't forget the Jahan Dotson drop. The commander's fifth offensive drive resulted in a third quarter punt, the fifth snap of the drive on the third and four for the commanders at their 36. Jahan Dotson, a brutal drop as uh, he allowed a perfect shotgun throw by Sam to go right through the hand. So two big Sam Howell completions that could have been, but were not uh, through no fault uh, of his own. Uh, The play that followed the catch by Terry McLaurin, that was not a catch, but actually was a catch, uh, was that woeful punt by punter Tress Way. Tress on a fourth and five for the commanders at their 30, got off a really bad 29-yard punt that was down by edge defender Casey Tuhill at the Eagles 41, uh, putting the Eagles ultra close to field goal position at the start of the drive, uh, which resulted in kicker Jake Elliott's game-winning 54-yard field goal with 3.58 left in overtime. But was the cheese man (laughs) to blame? Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon got asked if the long snapping of Cameron Cheeseman had anything to do with Tressway's bad punt in overtime. No, I don't think the snap had anything to do with it. I just think he hit a bad ball. I mean, you know, the guy's been so consistent for such a long, long time. Unfortunately, you're going to have something like that happen, but it doesn't shake my confidence or my con- anybody's confidence in Tress. It's just unfortunate that it happened. Boy, poor Cameron Cheeseman. Poor Cheeseman. <laughs> he got brought up as the possible reason for the bad Tressway punt in overtime. Well, Tressway has been so good for Washington for so long, it's not fair to kill the guy uh, for one bad punt. Also so good is Underdog Fantasy, which is offering a limited-time enhanced special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $500 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. I, for this season, am making fantasy football picks for Commander's Games in terms of Underdog Fantasy's higher-lower totals. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is great. It is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers pick'em games by which you can win up to 20 times on your money in one day and offers pick'em insurance, which gives you a little wiggle room if you're not as confident in an entry. Uh, And when it comes to season-long fantasy, Underdog Fantasy offers a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be ultra-time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, few things in life go together as well as pizza and an NFL game day. Make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars' Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before NFL games. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave. Kind of like picking players for your fantasy team only with Little Caesars Pizza. You never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour of the week. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Well, the 2023 Major League Baseball playoffs begin on Tuesday with four best of three wildcard series game ones. Among them, the Texas Rangers at the Tampa Bay Rays at 3 p.m. The winner of that series will face the Orioles in an American League Division series with game one happening this Saturday at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. What a season this has been for the O's. Uh, they, in the 2023 regular season, went an American League best 101-61, and 61, made the playoffs for the first time since 2016, won the American League East for the first time since 2014, and had the team's best winning percentage for a regular season since 1971. Uh, this is the only Washington, D.C. sports podcast or show that talks O's. Why? Uh, because we understand and don't ignore that there still are many Orioles fans in the Washington, D.C. area. The Nats are the Major League Baseball team of Washington, D.C., but D.C. had no Major League team from 1972 through 2004. And so multiple generations of D.C. sports fans, including me, grew up as Orioles fans. And someone who is thrilled about the O's being in the playoffs is the man who joins me now. A good friend of this podcast, Eric Arditi of Barstool Sports, co-host of the Exit 52 podcast. Uh, he is a huge O's fan. He's also a great follow on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Eric on Twitter at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. Uh, Eric puts out a lot of smart and funny tweets about the O's. Eric, it is great to talk to you under these circumstances. How are you? Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I've, I've, I've just told you before we went on, but I'm going through all the range of emotions. So it's, uh, and I got, I got to go back and look. I want to find what the Orioles' record is since you first had me on last year. It's got to be like a 700 winning percentage. So maybe that's got really returned everything around. Not Adley coming up, but I think you having me on the podcast really changed the fortunes for the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, an underrated factor for sure. So if I would have told you on March 30th, opening day, that the O's were about to have themselves a 101-win regular season in which they would finish with the best record in the American League, uh, would you have not been surprised by that or would you have been stunned by that? I don't know if, I mean, I guess stunned is, is, is a good word for it. I think I, again, I was going back looking through my old tweets. I think I predicted 88 wins, which I don't think would have made the wild card this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's again, I don't think anybody, I think we knew this team was going to take a step forward again. Vegas had him at 76 and a half, but 101, I, you know, I, I would not, I would have been, I, you know, I would have said, the Yankees imploded, which they did. The Red Sox, or you know, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays. That's why I picked to win the division. You know, something catastrophic went wrong there. And the Rays, you know, they must have had a bunch of injuries, which they did. Um, but again, I mean, I again, I thought a lot of. I thought they were going to be good. I didn't. I thought ninety wins, you know, at the most with everything clicking. And again, they won eleven more games than that. So yeah, I, it was. I would have I would have been 
pleasantly surprised if you would have said, "Hey, in, in six months they're gonna they're gonna be winning 101 games and getting you know the buy into the ALDS." It really is something, especially considering that the O's in the 2023 regular season never really had a slump. Uh, they were just very good month to month, even week to week. Yeah, and and again, it, I you know my dad's a Yankee fan, so I talked to him about that a lot. Where he says, you know, get ready, like this swoon is going to come, and and they're going to lose eight of eleven or ten of fifteen or something like that. It it never came, like you said. I mean, obviously, we all know. I think it's ninety one series in a row they haven't been swept, and I you know I would tweet that out, and people would be like, this stat doesn't mean anything, and I go, no, 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 it does. It shows that they can stop the bleeding, like they you know they don't let these three or four game losing streaks turn into eight, nine, ten-game losing streaks. They, they, they're able to put a stop to it for whatever reason. And I think they're high. They lost four games in a row. I think that was twice this year, and that's it. That's their longest losing streak. Again, it speaks to a lot of uh, their ability to bounce back. You know, they, they had some series where they lost two to the Cardinals, who were awful, and then they lose two in a row to the Rays on, you know, the Adam Jones retirement night, and they get their teeth kicked in. And that's when you're going, oh, here we go. It's going to snowball. And then they reel off, you know, five out of six or six of seven. So, yeah, their, their, their ability to bounce back was really, really shocked me. And I don't know what you credit that towards or what, you know, what you put into it. But they, they were able to stop the bleeding before it even really started. In terms of this upcoming Orioles playoff run, Kyle Bradish is the Orioles ace. Everyone on the planet expects him to be the Orioles starting pitcher for ALDS game one. What do you think the rest of of the Orioles postseason rotation should be? I, I, it's got, like you said, Bradish, who's been incredible all year one. I, Grayson Rodriguez, who, I mean, night and day from when he was first up to the, when he got sent down to AAA. And then he's been, I think he, him and Bradish were both top three in ERA after the all-star break. And again, like that's no small sample size. It's a very, you know, I think they were both in like the two sixes for ERA after the all-star break. So I think Grayson is, He's your guy. He's your horse. He is that that pitcher that I want in the mound, uh, you know, in game two in the playoffs. The home crowd buzzing, people going nuts. Then after that, I mean, there's a couple guys. Dean Kramer kind of lost some steam in September. He looked good last week in the clinch game. But could be John Means. John Means has been incredible since he came up. And we were talking about it where it's like, you know, leading up to him coming back, it was like, wouldn't that be cool if John Means could show just a little flash of what we used to see? And then we were like, yeah, but we kind of have to temper our expectations. He's been out 17 months. Like, there's no way he's going to come back and just be awesome. And he's been awesome. So it's like, again, everything that's kind of gone right for them. I, I don't know if they do Means and piggyback him with maybe Kramer or Gibson, you know, someone like that. But but they, they've got a, a, a bunch of options that 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 are, are good options, I think. Um, but again, starting it off with, with Bradish and Grayson. That's a hell of a one-two punch, no matter you know how you look at it. So uh, I'm, I, I think it's going to be those two, and then probably it could be Means, could be Kramer. You could switch them around, something like that. The emergences of Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez have been so good to see. The Gray Rod emergence has been one of the great in-season 180s in Orioles history. I mean, you look at his 2023 regular season, first in at the major league level, 10 starts, ERA of 735, second stint at the major league level, 13 starts, ERA of 258. Uh, you know Gray Rod some. What happened? Yeah, it's and I, I did an event with him last week, and I talked to him, and I said, you know, is it like the Austin Powers mojo? What did they do to you? What did they give you down in AAA? And I, he had a great point, and I never thought about it. He said, the pitching coach down there, Justin Ramsey, he said he he got hired the same year Grayson got drafted. So he goes, we started out in rookie ball together. I moved up, he moved up. I moved up another level, he moved up. So he goes... He knows my body and my, you know, he knows my tendencies better than I do. He's seen me throw more pitches than anybody who knows me. And so he said, you know, he was able to tinker. He could tell what I was doing wrong. And he said he was able to fix me. And, and you know, he he attributed a lot of credit to the guys down in Norfolk and that pitching staff and, and the coaches down there. Um, but again, night and day, I mean, I think an ERA over seven in the first half. And it, I mean, he would struggle. There was a lot of games in the second half where I was going, all right, it's the third inning or fourth inning, and he's at 60 pitches, and there's a guy on first and second with one out. This is where it unraveled in the first half. Let's see what he does. He'd get a ground ball double play, or he'd strike them both out, or he'd get out of the inning, and then he was cruising from there. And it's like, that's the difference. That's whatever happened. Again, he was able to limit those big innings, and 
not let games get away and, and hold his emotions in check and, and again, just turn into an absolute beast of a pitcher in the second half. Much more with Eric Arditi of Barstool Sports on the O's in moments. I'm going to next ask him about the Orioles bullpen. Uh, what, oh what, <laughs> is that going to be like in the ALDS? Well, we do know what the Game Time app is like. Excellent. And if you're looking for great deals on tickets to Orioles playoff games or Commanders games, make sure that you download the GameTime app and use the promo code ALGALDI. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee. So you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's games in the 2023 regular season. A lot of good deals, and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Game time is the app for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game time also offers flash deals on tickets and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what you do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code, Al Galdi. You use that promo code, Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code, Al Galdi, for $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's game time. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. More now with Eric Arditi of Barstool Sports. The Orioles' Felix Batista-less bullpen. Uh, brutal news this past Saturday afternoon, though not surprising news uh, that Batista does in fact need Tommy John surgery. But how is Eric Arditi feeling about maybe slash probably the biggest concern for the O's fan going into the playoffs, the bullpen? It's, it's, it's kind of been week to week uh, ever since Felix went out. Uh, you know, they'll have some good games. They'll have some good weeks. They'll have some bad ones. But um, I, I, I think they really needed um, the bye. They really needed the off day. I think they had it two Mondays. They had a brutal stretch in September where they played 17 straight games. And, you know, it was Houston and it was Tampa. So they're playing all these teams that they're fighting with for playoff spots. So to not have those days, it really did a number on the bullpen. And they, they made a bunch of moves and, and you know, guys up, guys down, DFA and picking them back up, putting them, you know, through waivers, all that stuff just to get these fresh arms in there because they needed them. Um, so that's why getting the bye, you know, through the wild card round was so big. I, I do think, you know, Cano has looked better as of late. He was obviously unbelievable to start the season. Then he kind of hit a rough patch. People kind of figured out who he was, but his August was really good. He's looked good in September too. Um, and, you know, they've got Tyler Wells back now, who was, I mean, he was leading MLB in whip. He had the lowest whip in the majors as a starter. Kind of got that dead arm, tired arm. They sent him down to AAA. They sent him down to Bowie. He went all over. And he pitched back-to-back -back nights. He closed out the clincher. He's looked really good out of the pen. He's closed games before. I think he is a legit weapon out of the pen for this October. Again, we saw it. We've seen it in... Every playoff series, the Royals in 2015 and 14, if you make it a six-inning game, it's so hard to beat these guys. Um, so I, I think with Cano, um, CNL Perez, who's been awesome the second half, um, you know, again, Wells and a bunch of these guys, I, I am I am confident in them. I think they can get it done. Again, a lot of it just depends on the starters. If they can go six or seven and then make it a three-inning game from there, I think they'll be all right. So I, I, I do have confidence in them. I, I think they can they can hold it down this October. The Orioles' offense is funny. On the one hand, the overall numbers are good, and the O's this season have not been overly reliant on any one player for offense. The O's for the 2023 regular season had seven qualified players, each with an OPS plus of above 100. 100 is league average. But on the other hand, 
We've all seen the O's at times this season go like silent offensively, including down the stretch of the regular season. The O's over their final 11 regular season games scored two runs or less in seven of the 11 games. What do you make of the offense going into the postseason? It's a good question because I talked about it on Saturday night with somebody after the game. And I go, you know, obviously we clinched. We're all happy to be, you know, division and all that. And I go, nobody wants to talk about it, but we're not scoring them anymore <laughs> no. right now, you know, like it, but I said, it, somebody has to talk about it. It's going to get brought up. So yeah, it is. They are kind of hot and cold and maybe they've been cold this week because of the clinching and maybe, you know, some of the hangovers or the, the you know, the Brown bottle flu they were calling in the clubhouse um, after they clinched. But um, it, it's, it's a much different team that we've seen in the past. We're used to the Orioles teams hitting, you know, I mean, guys hitting 40 home runs, you know, leading the leagues, upper 30, stuff like that. They don't have those guys. You know, it's Gunner, it's Santander, it's I think 28 or 29 to lead the team. Adley has 20. So they're not home run dependent. And I talked to Adam Jones about it. I said something. I, I compared this team to 2014. And he goes, in 2014, we had a bunch of big, hairy guys who would hit three-run home runs and strike out a ton. And he goes, this team will move guys over, you know, they, they take the extra base. He goes, they're much better hitters than we were in 2014, which I was like, that's saying a lot. They had some good guys on that team. But, yeah, it's scary when they kind of go into these slumps. And like you said, we've seen in October where the second the weather gets cold, the ball stops flying, and, you know, your guy who's hitting 40 home runs, is not he's not doing that anymore. Um, so, yeah, it, it is kind of concerning. But, like I said, this team is – you know, they hit the gaps, you know, they, they, a lot of doubles down the line and stuff like that. So they, they're not at home run dependent, um, which again, I, you, you would think plays well for October, but it is scary when they go into slumps like that. And you just have to hope, you know, Adley can keep doing, Adley's been super hot the last three weeks, very quietly, but like hitting like 360, something like that. Gunner has been incredible. Santander is very underrated. Um, but if they get these guys like Ryan O'Hearn, Mullins, you know, to be able to set the table, Austin Hayes, guys like that. I think we see the offense come back. And again, I, you know, we're all just kind of crossing our fingers for a long series with uh, Texas and Tampa. Wear out the pitching staffs, wear out the bullpen. And because and, the Orioles really seem to feast when they can get to the bullpen. So once they can do that in the sixth or seventh, hopefully, you know, the offense can get going. But it, I've been keeping my eye on that. I haven't said it publicly, but I've been keeping my eye on it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, you mentioned the Rays, the O's and Rays, the teams that had the two best records in the American League in this uh, just concluded regular season. These two teams could meet in the divisional series round. Uh, MLB wants to emphasize division winners. I get that. But the rest of the American League did not come close to the O's and Rays in the 2023 regular season. The O's had 101 wins. The Rays had 99 wins. The next best win total was the Houston Astros and Texas Rangers, each having 90 wins. Uh, what do you think about this scenario? Yeah, and I because I was thinking about that, and I didn't we have something like this a couple of years ago with the Dodgers and Giants, where they both they were like 107 wins and 105 wins, and then the, the Giants were out, you know, in the DS, and it's like, oh, that this kind of sucks. Um, it is weird. I mean, again, I'm looking at it, and it's like, so if I think Minnesota, no. Toronto is the sixth seed, and someone was like, why wouldn't the Orioles play the lowest seed available? They're the one seed. And it's like, that's just how it's set up, which, again, doesn't doesn't seem fair. I don't know. It's funky. I mean, it's it's if that happens and we get raised Orioles in the DS, yeah, it's going to stink that, like you said, two best teams are facing off not even in the championship series. So it's a funky, quirky kind of thing. I don't know if MLB is going to look into it to try and change it or something, but you would just think that they would reseed after that and, you know, play, you play the lowest seed or whatever, but it's, we've been talking about it and it's like, you know, it would be nice to get Tampa and knock them out. But again, you, you know, we're not, we all, we, we all want obviously the lower seeds. I would love for Texas and uh, Minnesota to advance, but you know, I said, we also rooted very hard for the Royals in 2014 and that came back to bite us in the butt. So <laughs> yeah. We're kind of like, hey, we're, we're done wishing and hoping for teams. Whatever happens, happens. We'll play who we play. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a weird format and people are not happy with it. But, you know, I don't know. They, they won the division. They get the number one seed. There's nothing else they can really do. You just got to keep winning. Final question. You go to a lot of Orioles games. The last time that you were on the podcast was in July, and we talked about the O's not drawing well, despite having this very good season. Well, crowds at Oriole Park at Camden Yards did pick up as the season went on, and the atmospheres at some of these games were awesome. What do you anticipate 
from Camden Yards crowds in the postseason? I mean, like you said, as the season went on, I mean, the, the crowds, they picked up. And, and I mean, I live about 20 minutes from the ballpark. It took me an hour to get there on Thursday for the clincher. Like, I, I mean, I was in traffic. And at first, I'm like, man, what the hell? You know, what are we doing? And then I was like, you know what? This is a great sign. Again, may, yes, it is the clinching game and people are coming out. But I was like, this is this is Orioles baseball. I, wa- I want it to take me an hour to get to the park. I want to be stuck in traffic. And, you know, because that means people are coming out. Um, but again, I mean, you know, you go back to the Yankee series. The, the Sunday, the the weekend series uh, with the Sunday night baseball and all that. I mean, it was, I think, it said, one hundred forty thousand people there over the weekend. That was an awesome weekend. A great crowds, great atmosphere. Um, and then, you know, I mean, a bunch of other good games. I mean, I, I was there again a bunch, uh, a lot this this last couple of months. Thursday night was great. The clincher, it was, it was, it was really, really good. Great crowds, a lot, just fun times around the ballpark and. People excited to go. And again, it's not all yet rank Yankees fans or Red Sox fans or, you know, Blue Jays fans. It's all orange and black. It's, it's people coming out and spending their money. And again, I mean, the playoffs, that atmosphere is going to be incredible. Everybody and their mother is trying to find tickets now if they didn't get them last week. And the resale values are insane. So, again, it sucks to pay these prices. But it's like, hey, you know, it's a premium product. People are coming out to see it. So, give me, you know, I, we're going to have full ballparks. Thursday night, again, was unbelievable with the clincher and then Saturday night I was there um, which again a meaningless game meant nothing and that place was packed to the brim so that was awesome to see and I'm, I'm very I'm really looking forward to what the crowds look like uh come playoff now week from uh you know or on Saturday so we'll see very exciting time if you're an Orioles fan Eric Arditi of Barstool Sports is a big Orioles fan and a knowledgeable Orioles fan co-host of the Exit 52 podcast Eric Uh, Thanks a lot, and enjoy the O's in the playoffs. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And that will do it. For you and me for now, keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday's show, episode 670, will include a lot for you on the Commanders, as we will be just a day away from their next game, home to the Chicago Bears this Thursday night at 8.15. These weeks in which Washington has Thursday night games move at like warp speed. Uh, have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.